Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on, we would like to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, plus there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, welcome to episode four of All American, They Reminisce Over You. Today, we are doing a deep dive into the history of the Grace, Corey, and Billy Baker dynamic. It's going to be amazing. Plus, we have a very special guest, so stay tuned. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, the buzz. Welcome, everybody. We have (laughs) such an incredible show for you. Uh, Wow, like what an episode. I said this last time at the end of the episode, but there were some tears here. It was a tearjerker at the very end. I was not expecting that at all. Um, But yeah, for this week's episode, what we're going to be doing is we do have a special guest, so we're going to format this week's episode with some interview questions up top. Then we're going to do some character dives after that, where we talk about the history of each of these characters and everything that they're going through in this week's episode. And obviously, we have our very special segment um, called MVP, where we talk about who our favorite character of the week is. Um, yeah, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> um, but with that being said, I am your host, Mina Wahab. And to my left, we have a very, very special person in studio with us today. We have Karima Westbrook. <laughs> she plays Grace on the show. You give the best mom advice ever. I feel like mm. I need to be adopted by you at this point. So I can get that advice from you. You gotta thank the um, writers for that. I know. They they really do write the perfect lines, but yeah. you bring such a poise to the character, so we're so excited to talk about, you know, your character arc and everything surrounding the show and how you got the role. Um, and then to her left, we have Zakia. Hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> Always bringing the fresh perspective yes. here at All American. Um, and before we like go on with the interview portion of this, I just want your quick overall thoughts of this week's episode. It was a heavy one. <laughs> yeah, if I had to make it super quick, I'll, I'm going to say, wow, this is crazy. What's going on? I need to see the next episode now. <laughs> because there was so much going on and the character dynamics and everyone emotionally really triggered me today. Mm-hmm. Same. Same. <laughs> you know, and I, I work on this show and I was very moved tonight watching mm-hmm. it. Uh, it was very powerful. And uh, I'm excited for you guys to see what what happens next. I do want to know, what was the process like in terms of you know, auditioning for All-American and then getting the call that you would be playing Grace. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. um, I auditioned for All-American last year during pilot season. Was it last year? Gosh, I can't remember. I think it was last year. (laughs) No, season one was last year, too. So last year I auditioned during a time which is called pilot season. And that's during um, where new shows are looking to cast Mm -hmm. actors and then if those shows get picked up by the network, then they'll air. And I was, it's interesting because I had a busy pilot season and I remember just being so tired. Like I, I, I 
prepared for the role and I got there early and I remember sitting in my car like just talking like man lord I'm tired you know I always felt like burnt out from just like auditioning auditioning and just like nothing and um but I was very excited about the role I felt like I've It felt very, um, I got it. I felt like this was me. But you never know. You don't feel like that about a lot of auditions. Like, I got this. And then it's like, oh, you didn't get it. And um, so I went in, I auditioned. And then I got a call back. And that's when they bring you back to meet with, like, the producers. There's just more people in the room. Your first, the first time you go in, sometimes it's just a casting director and their associates and then they watch the tape and then more people come back like the writer and more producers mm-hmm. and they want to see you up close and personal the director as well mm-hmm. so um i auditioned again and then um i got a call a little while later and said they want to test you and that's basically where when the networks kind of the upper heads yeah upper level <laughs> executives get involved and they they look at your tape, but they look at your material. Testing has, uh, there's different variations of testing. Either it can be in person, or this year was a lot of, we were watching the tapes, and we are going to just cast people off the tapes. Mm-hmm. And they said, we'll let you know in like a week's time. We have like five business days to get back to you. So during those five days, I was like, and it was like a weekend. It was like on a Friday. They're like, we'll get back to you oh, in five no. business days. Right? So I had the extra like weekend. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> just take me out now. And um, so it was very stressful um, for me just because I really wanted it. And I mean, and they literally took five days. So it was five business days. So it was like, I didn't hear it until like the next Friday. And uh, I remember I had completely worn myself out, like emotionally, just like wanting to know and like, oh, maybe they went with a name. And then I went to church like on a Thursday, Thursday night. And the sermon was something about like letting go, or so it was like perfect, right? Yeah. So I'm like sitting there, this is like a movie. I'm like sitting there, and I'm like the last person after everyone leaves, and I just like completely made peace with the process. I was like, if I get it, thank you. If I don't, then I know that you know it's not for me. Yeah. And the next day, I was like, tomorrow's day number five. I didn't turn my phone on. I like slept in. You know, I was like really just trying to you know, release the outcome. And then I turn my phone on, I get like all these text messages like, you got it, you got it. And I was like, I thought it's so funny because before I actually booked the series, I used to always say, oh my God, you know, you have all these ideas of how you would respond, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I would ugly cry. I would, you know, break (laughs) down, I would do all these things. But I felt, I mean, I did, I did cry, but I was just like, I was just more thankful, you know, but I didn't like have the breakdown. I didn't have the breakdown until we got picked up because you being cast at the in the pilot, right? There's still more steps to take. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can cast you in the pilot and then say, ah, you know, it's not gonna, it's not really working. You know, so you got to get past that uh, the table read of them saying, okay, this still works. And then even when you shoot the pilot, them looking at the pilot and say, okay, this still works. We still want to keep her. Mm-hmm. So you're still waiting for. The, are we going to pick you up with the actual show? You still waiting to see if the show is actually going to get picked up, you know? Right. And if you're going to get picked up with the show. So it was a little, like, um, mental gymnastics for me of just, like, trying to keep the balance and say, you know, what's, what's going to be is going to be. But I had a great feeling about the show because the writing was so good and it was very relatable. It was grounded and um, so I, I felt good about it, but you you know, still as an actor, you just don't know if they're gonna say, "Oh, we actually like 
this person better. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so, um, and so that's, that was kind of like the process. And then when we got, I got the call that we got picked up, then that was a whole nother response. And it was just like, I think I did ugly cry. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm safe to ugly cry when I got the pickup yes. letter that, you know, yeah, I feel like you, series. like you can't even like breathe until it's like you have all of these small victories yeah. as an actor and yeah. you can't fully breathe until like never. Honestly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because then at the end of season one, you're like, are we going to get picked up? Yeah, for season two? yeah exactly. So I just wonder like how hard it is to stay present you know in the role and not think so much about the outcome as an actor because it it is really hard but you did mention earlier that um you you almost felt like the role was made for you or that it felt very close to how you are what would you say are the parallels between you and grace on the show well you know what i feel like i connected to the world a lot i'm from chicago originally from the west side of chicago so i was just very familiar with the the world that it took place with South Central. Uh, as a filmmaker, I've made short films in South Central, and I really gravitated to that. I grew up as a um, in a single parent household. My mom was raised me and my sister, so it was a lot of things that I related to. So it didn't feel very like far from me. Like I don't have kids, but I don't feel like you need to have kids to understand how to be a mom. The only thing that I was afraid of was that people would think that I like look too young or something mm-hmm. to have kids. Sometimes I get that. People are like, why are you? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm old enough to have like two kids that age. But um, but that was the only thing. But I, I felt like I, it just felt very familiar, mm-hmm. you know. And so in that sense, I just felt like I felt very comfortable. I felt very comfortable in it. And the fact that I, I love kids, I've worked with kids in the past, and I, I love my family. I feel like for someone to play a parent or or mother, for a woman to play a mother, I just feel like you really need to want the best for children and to love them and to want to nurture them. I mean, we have a lot of those qualities automatically, so it wasn't a big stretch in, in that regard. It feels like you are very close with the cast when we're mm-hmm. watching you on screen. Mm-hmm. What are your off-screen relationships with all the cast members? I I think everything is good. I mean, there's... Let's see. I see the boys more because I film with them more Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. set. Uh, Jalen, Dylan's mom and I, we we talk on the phone sometimes outside of work. When we first started season one, it was very important for me uh, to have... To create... uh, I wanted to create a connection. I wanted it to come off as being real. So I was a little afraid, like... What if we don't click, you know? So in the very beginning, I was like, oh, do you guys want to have lunch? Do you guys want to grab some ice cream? You know, I used to do, like, little stuff like that, you know, and think of some of the things that they like, Mm -hmm. just from conversation, really trying to break the ice. So I really was very intentional in the very beginning of our relationship, uh, working together with trying to break the ice because I was nervous. I was like, I want us to connect, you know? And I so I worked very hard to, to... to try to establish that. And as far as the other cast members, I think everybody is great. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we just did something recently. We went to um, a wolf sanctuary. It was uh, Samantha Logan's birthday. Okay. And um, another one of the makeup artists on our show, uh, Kelly, we, and we went there and we, we were like, 
dancing, not dancing with wolves, <laughs> <laughs> but we were, you know, we were there interacting with the wolves nice. and then we did this whole like sound bath and it was just, and we ate and, you know, we, it was like we were out far in the desert and I just love that so much because I don't, I don't have family here. Like all my family is back in Chicago and so I do feel the warmth and the love from everybody from the cast. And I think that um, everyone hangs out, you know, whenever they do. But for the most part, I feel that everyone is very, like, open and loving. And it's, it feels very, like, grounded and, and real. I think we're all just very excited and feel very, like, blessed mm-hmm. to really be working in this capacity where the energy is very good you know yeah. from the crew I think from the cast to the crew just just all around it's, it's really a, a beautiful vibe and I feel like that does come across it on screen honestly, right like, absolutely we does. feel like everyone just clicks so well and it's mm-hmm. it's obviously good acting but there's yeah. also a rapport there and yeah. I think that's so important yeah. um but I mean I just wonder you know, how do you, like, what kind of research went into this role? Because you, you mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, how your mother was a single mother mm-hmm. raising two kids. I wonder if you tapped into that at all. Or you also said that women, like, you know, as women, we're naturally more nurturing. So it's mm-hmm. not super hard to, like, come across that way when we're kind of programmed to be the caregivers for society, yeah. essentially. So what type of research did you have to do, whether it was, like, tapping into your mother or researching the real-life story of Spencer James? What did you do to kind of put yourself in that mindset of, I am Grace? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, great question. I, well, I didn't, for, as far as my mom is concerned, um, you know, raising us, being a single mom, I kind of looked at that and was able to see the stress level that came with mm-hmm. it for her, especially just having two kids doing it on her own and then not making a whole lot of money. So I understood that um, intellectually. And I also understand that just being an actor, like, you know, I understand mm-hmm. like being on a struggle bus and just trying to make ends meet. The biggest thing for me, actually, to research was football. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know anything about the game. I was Either. like, okay, what position does he play? Okay, so <laughs> what does that do? And I, like, watched videos. I did research Spencer. You know, um, I had a chance to talk to Spencer's mom, uh, Spencer Pacinger's real mom, uh, yeah. Autumn. And she's such a lovely lady. So we talked. And I wanted to get a sense of, I guess, the reality of what it was like for her raising um, the kids. And so that was very helpful. And although my intentions and my goal wasn't like, oh, I want to try to become Autumn, I just wanted to get like a little bit of a a perspective on, you know, what it was like with her raising them. Like what were some of the things that she did and stuff like that, just to get a little bit of a a sense of it. And um, so that was, that was good. I talked to Spencer, Paysinger, and um, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. I I'm, I use my imagination, you know, as as an actor. So that you know really uh, was very helpful. But also, I do want to be a mom. So <laughs> the fact that I do, I'm looking forward to being a mom. It wasn't like I had to like force myself to like okay. Make pretend like you want kids. You know what I mean? It was like it was it's almost like, yeah, it was almost right. like a dream come true a little bit because it's like I don't have kids in real life. You know, I don't know yeah. when I'll have kids, but now I have kids on oh. the show. So it's like almost like a 
a little fu- it's fulfilling in that way because you know I'm I'm not an actual mom yet, but I'm it's like it's, practice. Yeah, anyway. oh, it's, great <laughs> it's great practice. It's great practice. So yeah. I have a question because you've done a lot of acting beyond just all American. Mm-hmm. I think one that comes to mind is Save the Last Dance, uh-huh. um, and you also write you write mm-hmm. your own. Um, is it series or? Yeah, I've been writing. Right. Well, different different avenues. I've written web series. I haven't mm-hmm. produced anything okay. yet, but I've produced a lot of short films. Mm. I've written short films, and I'm working on a feature. Nice. Yeah. So it's been different variations of writing. When did you realize that you had a knack for actually acting? Like, when did where did you look in a mirror and say, "Hey, I want to be an actor," and just start reciting lines or start picking up? roles from other former actors how did you get into it when I was a kid mm-hmm. I think the the person who really inspired me mm-hmm. was Whoopi Goldberg okay yeah. yeah I I was I would like watch all of her movies uh well as they came out like Color Purple I remember Jumping Jack Flash Burglar uh Fatal Beauty and I remember watching it and I I used to do stuff for my family all the time like little skits me and my cousin we would try to like entertain and just do silly things but when I would see Whoopi, I felt like this could be me. Like, it was, I, I just love what she did. I love how she made me feel. And it's funny because when I first started, I always thought I was going to do comedy, but I just, I've been doing a lot of drama. But, you can still uh, do comedy. Yeah, I guess, but it's just, it's, it's just interesting how yeah. what I thought I would be doing, mm-hmm. that just never, especially with comedy, it just never um, unfolded. But a lot of my writing, it, it falls into my writing. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the comedic aspects uh, of my of myself. And um, so, yeah, I think that I did it naturally just entertaining my family, but the inspiration to pursue it came later with, like, really understanding what Whoopi Goldberg was doing was actually a career that I could pursue. Mm-hmm. But it was, just, it was just natural. It felt like it just kind of, like... Rose. I have my cousin years ago when VHS, VHS VHS tapes were still around. Yeah, she sent me a tape and it was like videos of us performing as kids. And I was like ten years old and mm-hmm. I was like sitting on the couch and I was talking about how I'm going to be an actress and all this and that. And I was just like, wow, like speaking it into existence right. at yeah. like ten. To see circle. that progression yeah. from childhood to adulthood, <laughs> it is was really crazy. Insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like we did get that on the show here. I mean, this mm-hmm. whole show, like diving into it, was mm-hmm. about the past and how the past shapes who we are today. Yeah. So we did get a little glimmer of that mm-hmm. in this week's episode with seeing, you know, younger Corey. We saw younger Grace right. in yeah. the hallway. Yeah. Um, we saw young Billy Baker. We see, we saw all of that from the very beginning of, you know, the, the episode where they are on the football field and they're playing and you're like, wow, like mm-hmm. crazy how much um, things have changed yeah. in in the span of you know x amount of years, and then everything's coming full circle with mm-hmm. the reunion, mm-hmm. and that brings back all of those memories. Um, so, what did you two think about you know the progression of the relationship between Billy Baker and Corey, and how it's evolved into what it is at the end of the episode, where you know it goes from they were friends. Obviously, at some point, they didn't get along. They see each other again at the barbecue. Then they have the the fight at the dance. And then there's a lot of questions that are finally being answered and yeah. kind of like being patched up in a weird way. Yeah. What do you think of that trajectory? 
I loved it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just seeing it play out. I, I loved all of their scenes. Um, I I cried at the end. You know, <laughs> yes. it was just it this was very heartfelt, mm-hmm. and it's like real life. You know, there's ups and downs, and you know, I feel like what really stood out for me is this how communication could be so healing you know if they they could have went on and held grudges from you know high school and never even at the reunion never spoke to each other so it was very nice for them to kind of like hash it out say what it is and you know move on because that's what adults do exactly you know I thought it was really revealing um, because we actually we didn't know why their relationship took a turn. We felt like oh, it was grace, 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 but we didn't actually understand like the dynamics of it. Mm-hmm. So to for it to be revealed that he got sick and he kind of turned his back on him, his mom was sick and he turned to they turned their backs on each other. Was it basically gave us the foundation of their friendship and the yeah. fact that they came together and could still mend their relationship um, despite everything that they have been through it was like clarity, it was hope and then when Corey left again, it was, it hurt me yeah. really bad because now I'm wondering I have a lot of questions is Corey sick now or is why is he leaving? I mean now I'm. it's more questions I didn't like Corey before, I really didn't he was not my favorite character but because now I know him, I feel for what he had to go through and now I'm like okay there's a reason behind his disappearance there's a reasons behind why he's not here so now I'm like dang I didn't want to like him so much (laughs) now I like this man yeah I think it's it's very easy to vilify people especially when you don't have the full version of the truth you have one perspective and it's so hard to know what someone's reality is if you're not walking in their shoes exactly every day so what I thought yeah. was really interesting about this whole trajectory, the one thing that stood out to me were like the coping mechanisms involved mm-hmm. because we see that there are so many different coping mechanisms. You can, uh, in the face of adversity, you can walk away from that adversity and turn your back. You can shut down, you can implode, um, or you can communicate openly about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this said something interesting about the way men are expected to handle their emotions. Mm. Kind of, you know, there's this like, I don't know if you felt it, but I felt like there was this toxic masculinity of mm-hmm. can we really talk about our feelings? Uh, do we have any? Do we have a safe space, or do we just have to man up and you know? Are you saying like deal in with general, it alone? or in the in, in the, the show? In the episode, yeah, okay. In, in the episode, like it felt kind of like the the fact that we find out you know Corey just shut everyone out of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and walked away from everything because he was dealing with whatever illness he had mm-hmm. and that was how he knew how to cope with it. And then and we then find out something. Billy Baker, mm-hmm. you know, shuts everyone out of his life when his mom is dying. Yeah. And this is all, like, how people act in the face of tragedy. And it's not just these two. It's even um, how does Spencer react when his loved one is going through tragedy? How does Layla react when she's going through tragedy? Yeah. I felt like there's this underlying theme of coping mechanisms mm-hmm. in the face of adversity. Yeah. Was there anything, any specific message you took away from that in terms of how different people cope with whatever their hardships are in life, in the episode, their past, whatever their struggles are? I think I, I, I'm so glad you you said this. I mean, it's, it's, it's perfect. Um mm-hmm. It's so true. You never know what a person is actually going through. And I think that this episode really 
highlighted that because everyone had this idea of Corey and who he was mm-hmm. and why he left. He just left for, you know, or whatever. And um, I love the fact that they really showed that there's more to this story with a person. You know, there's there's things. Everyone's going through something and you can't judge a book by its cover. And you never know the truth of what's going on unless you... People can't read your mind. They don't know what you're going through. So it's important that you do communicate, especially to your, your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And um, it's true that everyone copes differently, you know, and those things, things stem from what they've seen or what they were taught. But I love the fact that the show... It, I mean, I feel like it really, really highlighted that. You you can't judge a book by its cover. Same with... with Layla, Mm -hmm. you know, we had this idea um, that she had it all together, you know, she was happy and all these things, and now we're kind of seeing a whole nother side that wasn't, we didn't see a glimpse of that really, well maybe we saw a little bit, tiny bit in Mm -hmm. season one, but right now it's it's so elevated, you know what she's going through, it's it's almost like she she can't, she definitely can't hide it anymore, but you would have never known, you would never know that by by looking at her and what she was presenting to right. the other characters initially. So I love that that was kind of like a big thing that the show was kind of doing, mm-hmm. that's showing that um, mm-hmm. there's more to everyone's story, and not just on the show, but just in like in real life, you know? So maybe we shall be slow to judge, you know? Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, especially with Layla character. I feel like the way she acts sometimes, like you can, you always can relate. To mm-hmm. like some of the characters in any show, and especially this one, because right. there's so much we all go through things. And the way Layla is, she's so smiling, and then she has a mood swing, and then you can see signs of her depression. I'm sure, like when someone is being depressed, you know, you can cons- consistently possibly see signs. However, I love that they show the dynamics of her highs and her lows because it really gives you a better detail. Like, you you can't judge a book by its cover. I mean, Layla at one point was smiling and Mm -hmm. happy and she was hiding it very well and now she is breaking up with Spencer in being sad and and then she doesn't cry in in public which Mm -hmm. I resonate that resonated with me because I never I don't care what I'm going through I don't cry in public I'll cry at home I don't want anyone to see me I'll put on a like a harder a harder show rather than being open and that is that's toxic because you need that communication you need to start communicating with someone maybe seeking help so I like that they brought that out because now it even tells me like hey sometimes it's okay to talk to someone. It's okay to be vulnerable when I'm like, I'm Layla all the way. I'm like, you ain't gonna see me shed no tears. Either I'm gonna be mad or happy, but I am yeah. not gonna cry. That's yeah. not me. But I like that they bring out these colors and these dynamics and characters because it helps you realize some things that you may need to work on. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, what do we think is going on with Layla? Because, you know, she's skipping school with Spencer. She's being kind of impulsive, wants to, you know, do things with him either romantically or sexually, like, in the house, and then just flips a switch when he mentions the cuts on her arm and says, like, what's wrong with you? These are from my bracelet. And she gets so upset and so triggered and just storms out. And she she is on this loop where I feel like, in some ways, she it's like a cry for help, but then when someone tries to help her, they're not doing it in the way that resonates with her so she rejects the help that she seeks Mm -hmm. what what's going on with her i just it's it's difficult because it's high school so i just 
do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I right. feel like she's definitely, we see some changes, so mm-hmm. there's definitely something going on with her. Mm-hmm. I think, you, yeah. know, you know, I know, I'm lying. Right. I'm looking at Karima. I'm looking at Karima, uh, and I'm like, I know she knows she what's knows. going on. Like, slipping in. Right. <laughs> right. Can we find out anything? <laughs> right. I guess I'll put my point of view yeah, out there. Seriously. You know. <laughs> but, um. Um, I think she is depressed. I mean, it's there's a lot of signs that she is depressed. And if those are cuts, then she is doing some harm to herself. But I think the problem is that they're trying to help her, her friends and her peers. And sometimes with situations like that, you can't, you have to seek someone outside of your group. Because sometimes initially... I can, I'm not going to tell you everything that's going to mind because I feel like you know me of another, like another person or another version of me. So for me to show you something else, that's me being vulnerable. And for her, she doesn't obviously want to be that. So I think like they, they have the good, the right intentions, but maybe they should say, hey, can a counselor or someone who really doesn't right. know her speak to her rather than them trying to... Because it feels like she's being ambushed for her. Like, she's still in that sensitive state. She still isn't really stable enough to even accept their help. And you need to want to receive help as well. So until she actually wants to receive the help, she's going to continuously push them away, mm-hmm. which is even worse. And I think in some ways it's easier to talk to a therapist and a psychologist mm-hmm. because you know that they are a neutral observer they're also getting paid to do what they're doing um they're professionals and they don't have like any sort of like biased perspective of why they would want you to act in a specific way they're just here to like listen to you and to be a safe space and i feel like even sometimes with the people we love they might give us advice but it's coming from a biased perspective of we want what's best for you but what we think is best for you not what you might actually Mm, truly need So I love what you said about that, like, you know, having a therapist or a psychiatrist come into the picture. Mm -hmm. And I just don't understand this high school dynamic of, you know, either like kids just living alone. Like, where are the parents? That's so crazy to me, Um, especially like you would think with Beverly Hills, it would Mm -hmm. be different. But then you realize that, like, regardless of, you know, status, like Mm -hmm. socioeconomic status, you can still have... um, issues that affect you in in that regard like money isn't everything yes um yeah and i and i saw that you had something when i was doing some research you said something about that how you know the show it's like kids from two different worlds Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it shows how we're more alike than we are different and i thought that was so beautiful because every one of these characters mm-hmm. has something going on in their world. And, exactly. And the show does a great job kind of digging into that. Um, I do want to talk about Jordan, because Jordan, much like Layla, to a lesser extent, is going through this downward spiral of his own mm-hmm. and just making bad choices. Yeah. And Laura stepping in as the mom, trying to put some boundaries, but these boundaries keep getting pushed so what are our thoughts on the jordan situation (laughs) Um. (laughs) i just i feel like he's just being a child in a divorced situation i think those out those outbursts are because you see your family breaking apart and you're seeking refuge into something else that can make you maybe forget about it or like now you can use your parents against one another like being manipulative i don't see it being 
so super serious as Layla, but it is still a problem. Like I don't want to minimize his problem because that's not cool. But but um yeah, just see him being like just being really manipulative for me. I'm just like you're using this to your advantage right now to get what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that he could crush the car because, yeah. you know, Simone's name keeps coming up on the phone and yeah. that's how the car gets crashed because the girl is obviously jealous. Like, he really is just going from girl to girl and yeah. keeping all his options open and taking the car. Like, I feel like we kind of knew something was going to happen <laughs> because he was going against the confines of what what his, his mom, mom said. said yeah. um, I'm just surprised that we didn't see more of Olivia in that situation. I wanted to see her reaction to the car getting destroyed. But mm-hmm. Olivia being Olivia is always in other people's business <laughs> other than her own. So she's here trying to help Layla and yeah. help Spencer get to the bottom of this. Right. Um, we also see the Coop and Layla dynamic, mm-hmm. which I honestly loved. I loved seeing yeah. that Coop was just stepping in and you know, talking about music, and yeah. we finally see a different side to Layla that we haven't seen in a while. We just yeah. see actual joy. What did you think when Excuse you saw me. that? The the fact that like talking about music could bring that out of her during this time. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I mean, again, it kind of goes back to. Um, I mean, I guess there's there's duality within all of us, and then there's some things that. It's like the balance. There's some things that make us happy. There's some things that makes us sad. And it's like choosing where you want to live. I mean, and it's so funny because this is a show, right? And it's writing. But I think about um, just like different philosophies of how it talks about life being balanced. And you can always kind of bring yourself back to balance depending on like you having too much of one thing, you having too much of like sadness, find the happiness. Mm-hmm. And although we're watching this show and we see, see it kind of happen where it was just a different focus. Her mind wasn't in the place of whatever had her in the other place where everyone's like, what's wrong? You know, we got to help her. When she started focusing on something that made her happy, it completely shifted her mood. I mean, and I know that that's not related to the show, but I was just thinking about how that's like real life, right? Mm-hmm. Where we put our focus and what we choose mm-hmm. to focus on that completely uh, change our moods. And we yeah. actually have control of that, you know? So you could continue to want to focus on the negativity or you could choose to focus on uh, the light or things that are positive or you can just start doing positive things to shift shift your mood. And it's... It's something that's just right there at our hands, but it's right. sometimes emotions we get drawn into one place over the other. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was beautiful to ask you a question. I really love their chemistry together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and Layla, I thought that that was nice. So I I, I hope to see more of them. Same here, and I I love that message because here at After Buzz TV, our founders, Kevin and Maria, Mm -hmm. you know, have this saying where they say focus equals feeling, Mm. and whatever you focus on is how you're going to feel. So, you know, I think sometimes we do need that healthy distraction of you don't always have to try to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you fix the problem by shifting your focus on something that genuinely brings you joy. Um, and I think maybe, like, a prediction of mine is maybe, like, Layla's going to find that joy yes. in one way or another, and that will be her healing in the mm-hmm. later episodes. 
Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But I believe Zakia also has an announcement for us. I do. Let's focus on AfterBuzz TV right now. We love what we do. Absolutely love it. Bringing to you all the all-American news. Please subscribe. Give us many um, five stars or many thumbs up, if you will. <laughs> we absolutely love coming back here and speaking on all our After shows, including this one. So just continue to bring the love. Spread the love, and we'll do the same. Yeah, and join the conversation. Yes. Uh, we read all of your comments on YouTube, and uh, we'll like, get back to you with that on YouTube. But also in next week's episode on the after show, we will comment on each one of your your comments and have the conversation going. Yes. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Grace and Micah mm-hmm. because we have this like little love thing going on. Yeah. But we're like, is it? Isn't it? Like, what is happening? We, we He kind of, like, fell off the boat a little bit because you pulled away. Your character pulled away. Um, and then we finally see that very satisfying kiss at the end where we're like, yes! <laughs> like, yes, Corey yeah. didn't block it from happening. <laughs> yes! Because yeah. I know Sakia was yeah. like, oh, yeah. like, during the high school dance. <laughs> so, um, what is going on with this Micah storyline? What does Grace really want? I think... Um, well, Grace is definitely at a point where she's trying to find what makes her happy. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like everyone else has moved on with their life or certain things have come full circle. And it's like, you know, I've spent all of, not all of my life, but a lot of my years just being a parent and focused on raising my kids. So meeting Micah was very exciting for her. And then when Corey came in, it wasn't that I wanted to ghost him. It was just... You guys saw it was a lot going on, so the focus just wasn't with him. So I think that she's definitely, you know, is hopeful to experience, you know, um, I want to say true love, but I would say, like, at least companionship or relationship because she hasn't, as far as I know, she hasn't had one in a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It seems like so. <laughs> so that that would be nice, and and I love that they're adding that because you know that's a reality too. It's like you've been so focused on raising the kids and you know paying the bills and doing it on your own. It's like you don't even have space. You may not feel like you have space or room to even bring someone else in. So I think now, you know, Grace said, "I'm going to go back to school." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to. Mm-hmm try to rebuild my 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 life you know um, outside of not outside of my kids because my kids are part of my life but you know find what makes me happy um because my boys are getting older and you know now too like Corey being back you know there's a lot of things that feels like it's completing Mm -hmm. you know in a good way so it'll Mm -hmm. be nice to have and I love Definitely. that when Grace is finally looking out for her own interests, when she's trying to learn and self-actualize, that's when she finds Micah. Always, so yeah. for all you ladies out there, that's like, how like yeah, how do I get say, a man? Yeah, yeah. You don't get a man by looking for a man. You get a man by looking out for yourself and mm, doing what makes you happy. Yeah. The man comes along the later. The man comes along later. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Good point. I thought you were going to say something else, but... <laughs> what do you think point. I was going to say? I thought you were going to say, as soon as I... 
I'm doing this, and then Mike, and then Corey comes in. I thought oh, that too. I was gonna say, I was like, he did because that, that happens too. You know, it's like <laughs> it when does. you move on, it's like your ex shows up. Do you know why? Yeah. It's because yeah. exes always sniff when they can when, feel it. when things yeah. are like yeah. going well. They're like, I'm just gonna come in yeah. and just blow it all it's up. It's literally so annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really do think that men have like a spidey sense for this thing. Like they know when a girl is single, mm-hmm. and like they come flocking like yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. They just know. It's yeah, some weird psychic intuition I guess Mm. Um, it's energy you know I feel like just like Grace is looking out for herself Asher's mom in a way is also looking for like looking out for herself but we Mm -hmm. don't have the same positive reception to Asher's mom that we have towards Grace. We yeah. have a lot of compassion towards Grace, maybe because we know you so well and we've we've been there since day one mm-hmm. in season one and we've yeah. seen your character arc. But with Asher's mom, she's been out of the picture, mm-hmm. much like Corey has, and we kind of are so quick to like vilify her and be like, I can't believe she's sending the divorce papers, just how we can't believe that Corey walked out on Spencer and we just mm-hmm. kind of don't like her mm-hmm. and I know behind the scenes we were looking at this and we were like what kind of parenting is this you're gonna <laughs> see your son you haven't seen in forever and then just drop the news of the marriage and then mm. the the divorce papers so what did we think when there was finally that reunion between Asher's mom and him and Olivia sitting in on all of this because she knows everything <laughs> and then there's just the divorce papers being served like what what were your thoughts? This was literally uh-huh. <laughs> my button that was pushed. One, when she gave him the divorce papers, I felt like that's not for a child. That's not a child's place. Then when we see her arrive at the door of Harold and they have that interaction where now we understand that there's a secret. So we don't know what the secret is, but the reason why she's been away is because some type of secret then her now Harold already knew she was getting married to Jacob. I'm like, how did you really know that now since there's a secret? And then for Harold, I'm disappointed in him because both of you are doing bad parenting. You're you're keeping your child away from his mother and you as a mother are you're allowing it due to some big old secret. So for me, I'm disappointed with both of them. I feel like they're being very irresponsible and they're being very selfish. Because mm-hmm. despite whatever secret you may or may not have, he shouldn't be delivering the divorce papers and he shouldn't be in this mess. It should be your mess and then leave him out of it. That's not fair. He's young and it ta- it takes a toll on your youth and who you are and what you're going to produce when you're in high school. If you yeah. have so much burden on you he already had to deal with his dad being a raging alcoholic now he's dealing with his mom in the force of being like oh i'm gonna be with my dad and i'm gonna shun you Mm -hmm. it's not fair yeah i feel like kids always get the you know the (laughs) get pulled in the middle of it yeah Yeah, and it's terrible um but do we have any final thoughts about this episode of a whole as a whole? Like anything that you guys want to address about how this episode played out with all of the characters, with Layla's character mm-hmm. arc, with you know Billy Baker and Corey, with everyone? Is are there any final things that you want to say about this? Because I feel like you have all the knowledge. And we're just trying <laughs> no, to like pull I'm, it out. I'm very limited on what I can say, but okay. no. Um, I mean, I, I I thought it was great. I, like again, I, I love the fact that the show is um, covering uh, teen mental health issues. Just, I mean, just real issues. You know, mm-hmm. even with uh, a, a kid that's in the middle of two parents going through a divorce. You know, 
what that does to the child and how it affects them, how they actually deal with it. So uh, there's uh, overcoming past issues with like Billy and um, Corey. It it covers so many things as I think um, a lot of life lessons, actually. I feel like every time I watch this show, I feel like, oh, there's there's so many life lessons in this episode. And so I think it was great. What was your biggest life lesson from doing seasons one and season two? Oh, um, I think for me, what I really reflected on, because I didn't grow up with my dad, um, was Spencer's behavior. I really started to look at my own self as a teen and um, why I did certain things, like the time where I was angry. It made me look at, did that generate from, was I angry about my dad not being around? Because I had never put the two together because Mm -hmm. he was just never there. Mm -hmm. And so I had a lot of like daddy stuff come up for me for season one where it had me kind of looking back and reflecting and making peace with a lot of things just through the show so it was very powerful for me in in that way yeah I think sometimes things hit us at such a subconscious level Mm -hmm. that we don't even know our behavior is being altered by it Mm -hmm. and we don't even realize wow this happened when I was five or seven and I've been acting this way ever since because it's unresolved and I think it's so beautiful when you can have that level of self-awareness and Mm -hmm. be like oh, like, I don't have to be this way anymore. Like, I can release myself from the thought that I made about myself because of this. Yeah, the story. We all all tell, create stories about ourselves Mm -hmm. based off of something that happened. So Spencer had this idea that his father abandoned him, and it was something that just drove him to, you know, he had anger and all these things. And then for myself, you know, I created a story too, and that drove me to you know mm-hmm. behave and do all type of things as well too so it's it's um it's very deep it is it yeah. is so that, i think that's the one i can remember for season one i don't season two we'll talk after episode 16 after we have many more episodes on the way yeah. uh we do have to wrap up yes. uh this week's episode with our special mvp segment Yes. Okay, guys, I'll make this quick. So my MVP moment goes to Laura today because that power suit, first of all, was bomb in the red (laughs) lipstick. But not just that. She really put her foot down as a parent Mm -hmm. and said, you're going to be grounded until whenever I tell you to. I remember I did something. I stole my mom's car and did a whole bunch of (laughs) stupid stuff. And my mom said the same thing. I'm going to ground you until you turned 21 she was serious and i yeah. think as as children we we don't like that but that's needed so yeah. congratulations girl you are the mvp <laughs> and i did want to just throw this in here really quick but you guys are talking about like what we go through and everything and i know for me i watch something and i always for anyone else who's going through anything i always like to tell myself that i'm not my past i'm not like i'm not whatever mistake i made i'm not like i don't have to keep predicting my future and just to stay present in the moment and Mm -hmm. to do things that will be positive for the next day but to remember to just continue to be gracious so for anyone who wants to like wow i feel like (laughs) that was really good i have to i literally have to tell myself that every day yeah it's a everyday struggle but it helps because for everyone who's going through something it's like don't don't be your past don't don't try to be your future self because you're not that yet either yeah Mm -hmm. it's true karima do you have an mvp ooh um hmm 
I can say my MVP without a doubt is you. It's great. Of course. And not just in this episode, but I feel like (laughs) yes, thank you, Ryan. (laughs) Um, I feel like every single time Spencer is going through something, you know, you have the perfect words to say. Like it is just Mm -hmm. like. Of course, it's written in the script, but you deliver it with such a poise and nurturing energy where you Thank just, you. it's like Oprah, like, Super Soul Sunday, like, sound bites, <laughs> like, words of wisdom. I'm yes. like, wow, like, I never thought about approaching the situation this way. And mm-hmm. there's such a calm energy to how you say things. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like when I when I watch Grace on camera, I'm like, okay, wow, like, yes, she made these mistakes. And it's like, wow, like, she made this mistake. I can't believe she did this. But I'm not quick to vilify your character for doing it because I see what an amazing mom you are on the yeah, show. And you. that just makes me feel like, wow, like even in, in this week's episode, like you put yourself first. You know, you're always a self-sacrificing mom, but now you're like, okay, I'm going to take time and get to know Micah mm-hmm. and this is happening. Yeah. And I just loved, I just loved seeing that in the episode. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you have an MVP? Oh, I would say, I would say Layla. Layla? Yeah, I would say Layla. I really, um, I guess I really disconnected with her, mm-hmm. her pain. Yeah. You know, and the whole thing of uh, being uncomfortable, being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like I've definitely grown out of that, but I really could relate to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like okay. her and Lords. I mean, it's like yeah, it's everybody. It's hard, it's everybody. hard to they're, choose. They're all the MVP. I don't know. Like, everybody gets a participation. Right. <laughs> I literally always have to tally up like who I said because I'm always choosing yeah. different characters because everyone has amazing traits. I mean, because Billy made me cry today, so mm. it was like <sighs> Corey made me cry at the very end. I yeah. just I couldn't uh, handle that. I was like, not again. <laughs> don't repeat the yeah. same mistake. Please learn from the past. The past is there so that you can learn from it. Yeah. Um, but I guess we'll find out what happens yes. in next week's episode. Uh, oh, we're not back until November 11th. Uh, November 11th. Okay. I guess yeah. we won't be back until November new 11th episode. with new a new episode. episode. Yeah. Thank you so okay. much You're for welcome. joining us today, Karima. Yeah, You've welcome. been amazing. We've had so many great golden nuggets from you. Uh, any upcoming projects or anything you want to plug before we head out? Um, yes, I guess. 2020, um, After We Collided, a film that is written by Anna Todd. She wrote an uh, after-series a collection of books, teen um, romance books, and um, it'll be out in 2020. I play Karen Scott and... I'm a mom, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about that. And where can everyone answer. find you on Instagram, Twitter? Um, on Instagram, I am only the number one in Karima, and that's the same same handle on Twitter as well. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Do you know where to find Karima and Zakia? Hi, guys. You can find me at Zakia W underscore. On Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm your host, Mina. You can find me on Instagram, at MinaMakesMagic. Thank you so much again for tuning in, you guys. Karima, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you. And You guys are great and so smart. Thank you. so smart. I love this. (laughs) Thank you. And we'll see you all on November 11th. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 